Welcome to Tecon Brujita, where we drink some tea and talk all witchy things. I'm Natalie Rodriguez. Come and flow with me as we jump to today's topic. Welcome. Welcome back to Tecon Brujita. I am so happy you're here. Today we have such a beautiful episode because we are diving into the last episode of June. We will be exploring caring like a cancer. So we're going to learn about this zodiac sign and how can we take its characteristics and apply it to our life to continue our growth and personal development. Two, we are turning one year old. Officially, it was on June 26th. That's when I released the first episode, Reproductive Rights. So we looked at the history of abortion rights in the United States you know, state at that moment. And I also spoke about the guidebook that I wrote, Emotional Healing After an Abortion. So self-care guidelines after an abortion. If you are interested in that resource, you can find it on our page on Instagram, Tecom Brujita. You'll find the link in the profile. And today to commemorate turning one year old on June 26th, we have our first healing interview and we will be talking to a cancer baby. So stay tuned. I'm drinking ginger tea. Um, it's a ginger tea blend. It has lemongrass, rose hips, elderflower, orange peel. And it is in a Starbucks big boy cup. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hefty like this, but let's go ahead and dive deep. Let's learn about cancers. So if you're not familiar with this sign, this is the fourth zodiac sign in astrology. And this cancer represents home body. This sign is the water element. So water is usually linked to intuition, deep waters. These are people that tend to be very passionate, feel very deeply, and just very similar characteristics to water you can associate to the cancer. And this I like to call cancers the summer's favorite child because a day after the summer solstice, that's when we go into cancer time so in cancer energy. So right now we find ourselves in cancer energy. They just take up two weeks from June and then two weeks in July and they, they just have the best highlight of summertime. What can we learn from our cancer babies? The caring nature of cancer is often associated with empathy, intuition, and a strong emotional connection with others. They are all about being attuned to the needs of those around them. They are about offering support in a genuine and nurturing way. And if you know a cancer in your life, you know this to be true. I hope so, that you have this type of love around you. First, let's look at their empathy. So cultivating empathy is essential especially for this sign, also take for our life and our growth. Empathy allows us to understand and share the feelings of others. It involves active listening, putting ourselves in someone else's shoes, and offering a non-judgmental space for them to express themselves. Another important aspect is that nurturing and providing emotional support piece. So just as cancer is symbolized by the nurturing qualities of a mother, we can embrace the energy by offering a shoulder to lean on, words of encouragement. We can create safe spaces for others to express their emotions, allow people to come in an authentic energy. 
validate their experiences and offer comfort during challenging times. Intuition plays a significant role in caring like a cancer. Trusting our instincts and intuition can guide us to better understand the needs of those around us. It allows us to pick up subtle cues, emotions, unspoken words, be more attuned to the energy of the person. And this is gonna help us to respond in a more thoughtful and compassionate manner. Cancer is a sign known for its protective nature. So we can channel this energy by standing up for those who may not have a voice. We can support causes that promote equality and justice. We can use our own influence to create positive change in our communities, fostering a more compassionate and inclusive world. Lastly, self-care is crucial when it comes to caring like a cancer. It's important to nurture and care for ourselves so that we can show up fully for others. We must create spaces and practices that nourish our own well-being. This looks like prioritizing self-care, whatever it is that you need to be able to recalibrate so then you are able to show up fully for someone else. We must replenish our own emotional reserves and ensure that we can continue to care for others effectively. So now that we have a general understanding of cancers and what traits and characteristics we can take on for our personal growth, we are diving into our first healing interview. And today we are sitting down with a cancerian herself, Division One coach, Jerrica Hughes. Oh, we are so honored to have you on our show and to be our first guest ever to participate in this healing interview. So we really are treasuring your time right now. Thank you. So we have our first question. Can you share a bit about your journey in basketball? How did you get started and what inspired you to pursue this sport? It started when I was at the age of five years old. As furthest back, I can recollect I playing basketball with my brothers and cousins, then in turn to as I got older, going to different parks around the city of Detroit, Linwood, where I grew up, and uh, just the competitive nature of playing against my brothers and cousins made me want to uh, play this sport. So then I decided to play AAU basketball. A friend of mine introduced me to AAU basketball, uh, and that was the first time I got to travel outside the state of Michigan and see different things, and that was one of the things that inspired inspired me to continue to play ball is that I get to travel different places, different states, get to see different things. And so I went to high school, won a championship, a state championship my senior year, continued my academics and took my skill set down at UTEP, University of Texas El Paso, where I did four years there. And by the time I left, I finished with eight broken records. One has been broken to this day. Then I went to play in Warsaw, Poland for a little bit and then decided to not play anymore and settled in Seattle to start coaching and training. Seattle, Washington, that is. Did you ever feel that you being a cancer, how did that translate in your role as a basketball player or teammate? Did you ever feel it affected or bettered your relationships on your team? Yeah, I think being a cancer and partner my personality, I like to enjoy 
getting to know people and having fun and doing things. I grew up with a lot of siblings and cousins. I'm used to doing things as a team effort. So between that and me, just my outgoing, adventurous personality and just want to enjoy life and have fun throughout the days made me uh, get to know my teammates and, and help with understanding and learning what leadership skills are in basketball, through basketball, and to, you know, just regular uh, daily life. Do you feel that being a cancer, does that have an influence how you coach? your coaching style now how do you bring your caring and supportive qualities in your coaching approach that's a very good question I guess you know being that one of the attributes of a cancer is that nurturing aspect that translates into real life of different situations and different people that you you may come across and wanting to help or show some type of support because it's nature nature's in itself and then when you combine nature with your passion and your love, something that you absolutely love getting up every day to doing, I'm living in my purpose and that's what makes me happy. And I think that's what makes me a personable person is that I get to do what I want to do every day and I enjoy it. I'm waking up with a smile on my face. How do you find a balance between your emotional sensitivity and the competitive nature of basketball? I think because I've played this sport for so long, I don't think it was ever truly a process in how I had to balance it. It's just something that I subconsciously learned. I really never put no thought into it. I just learned how to, you know, never let your emotions get the best of you while you're playing a sport. So, you know, it's really just all natural competitive nature. And to be quite honest, I can't even fully answer that question because I don't think I've ever explored mm. explored it the way that you asked it. So would you say that you align to some of the qualities of a cancer? Like, do you feel like you feel deeply, you have like, you know, nurturing tendencies or this is, doesn't seem as so applicable to you? No, I, I definitely do. I care. I care about, you know, the closest people to me. I care with my family, nieces and nephews and others. I'm a coach. Uh, all the kids that I've come across in these past 10 to 12 years, I'm a person who actually genuinely cares. And I give that, that love and support freely. As a cancer, cancers tend to be very highly intuitive individuals. Do you feel that your intuition plays a role in your decision making during games yeah uh, another great question something I've never even tapped into to explore to see if it does play a role mm. I think because I haven't gone down that path of trying to explore what that means mm -hmm. everything is instinctively wise through my basketball IQ because of all the years that I've played mm. so I've never gone on that aspect of the going with your gut feeling as your woman's intuition feeling versus your IQ from something that you have played so long. I think that's something that I can explore. And by the next time we have a conversation, I can better answer that question for you. And the other question that you asked me, I would love to dive deep into those and, and then we can do a part two, if you will. 
<laughs> Absolutely. We would love that. We would love to know an update. Well, this is a side note because I have the pleasure to know you outside of our interview. I do believe you are highly intuitive, and I think it's just been named differently in our vocabulary. You would say IQ, but even... Your instincts. Yes. Well, right? We could call it instincts, and that could be intuition, too. Like, you know, we just yeah. use different words, and we're referring to the same thing. So, Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. So... Yeah. Now that we, you know, are diving into the differences of words of, you know, intuition, instincts, IQ for the game, can you share a memorable moment where your emotional intelligence or intuition helped you make a significant play or decision during the game? Um, I'll go back to high school, junior year, we were in the semis championship game, I guess I think the team was Lansing Waverly. We're down, I believe, two points and we have the ball. And ultimately we didn't get a last shot at the basket and we wound up getting shut out of the playoffs junior year. I remember my godmother telling me, uh my godmother Michelle Marshall, uh who was my head coach at the time, telling me like you you it has to be you. You have to get the last shot off. And that rung through my my head and my ears for a very long time. I think pretty much my whole entire senior uh, season up until getting right back to that semi-championship game. So here we are, senior year. We're down three points. We have the ball. And I think it's maybe three or four seconds left on the clock. We run a play. I think it's actually more like eight or nine. And we run a, a clear out play and the teammate made the perfect pass and without a doubt took the last shot, hit nothing but the bottom of the net going into overtime. Mm -hmm. And I I bring that story up because it was just a natural instinct of not wanting that feeling that I just felt last year being in the same position. Mm -hmm. And just taking the flow of the game and understanding that I'm the one that's supposed to take the last shot. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful way of utilizing what we would call like a negative emotion. Other emotions are not negative, but like taking that loss, that feeling, and you're not wanting to feel it again. That's such a beautiful way of turning your emotional intelligence on. For Yeah, I think, thank you. I think it was, we needed that. We needed that. And the other thing was, I think that year, we were undefeated. We were undefeated. We didn't take a L that junior year. And it's tough when you have that pressure on your shoulders at times as a team collectively. And when you don't lose a game throughout the season, you don't know what it feels like. So it's like mm -hmm. that all time high. You feel like you're untouchable. Because we took that LR junior year, and I say we because the core of my teammates, we were all the same age. We're all seniors. I think there was like eight of us, seven or eight of us. We all played together since we were freshmen. And we needed to feel that to know what it's like to lose and humble ourselves, but also to be prepared when if God put us in that same situation that he did the next following year with a good, a really good team. And we were able to dig deep and come out with the win 
to move on to the championship game against King, King High School, 2006. Yeah. Do you think as athletes, everybody should take an L at least one time? Or do you believe that, you know, going undefeated is still, you can still learn from? Really your perspective. I think the L is not a loss, it's a lesson. Mm. I hope you learn from that lesson, if that's your perspective. I think there's a lot that you learn not only about the game once you you go back and you process everything, but there's a lot to learn about yourself. And it's a lot to learn about your team and not only just your team, your team that includes your coach and your coaching staff. I think it is important to to take a loss when it comes to sports because it, it's in relation, it's in correlation with life. You, you take losses, but you got to be able to get up. It's what you do afterwards. Is what you what you bring to the table afterwards, but I think it's powerful to lose, and you get to learn more about yourself as an individual. Because I most definitely did. Can you share what was your biggest lesson from that loss? Because I've always been critical of myself. What I did learn about myself is my resiliency. I really, I didn't understand it till really after that game. Something that's been told to me different coaches uh, up until that point. But even though I had those pockets, those moments where I didn't go too hard, I never just completely gave up. And I, I did push myself and push my teammates. So give ourselves a shot. How do you incorporate your own experiences as a former basketball player into your coaching methods? One way I would describe my coaching is like I, I coach like I play. And I play hard and I play aggressive. I play with passion, more importantly. I think that gives me the juice and the energy, starting from the head, to be able to give that to my my general on the floor, which will be your point guard and leading down to everyone else. I think just what I've done in the past as a player has shaped, in part, my coaching philosophy and how to approach the sport that I love. For being a player and having the experience that I had, playing since five and finishing my career in Warsaw, Poland. It, it it makes me just want to be able to give all my knowledge that I have and my energy to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Everything that I can offer support, whether it be academically and or just through the sport, has led me to do that and wanted to do that. I absolutely enjoy what I do. It's beautiful you said that because earlier we were discussing what you know some of the traits that cancers possess and one of them you know it's about giving back like leaving better for the next generation and so it's interesting that you even utilize some of the words to describe your intention behind coaching now so as we wrap up our interview we want to ask you what advice would you give to aspiring basketball players or coaches particularly those that are cancers or they're highly empathetic individuals? I think this message can pretty much go to both, to players and those who want to become coaches. Very important to always have a work ethic. That's important. And work ethic meaning you're going to have to do things that a lot of people don't want to do. You're going to have to work 10 times harder than you may want to work at times. Mm-hmm. For the players, as you go of your basketball journey, 
to know your history, to look at the players and the coaches that came before your coaches and before yourself and study the game. So as you're developing your skills, building on your physical skills, you also want to study the game to build on your your basketball IQ, and that's going to help you become a better player. I can say pretty much the same thing to coaches. What I do is study. I've studied my head coach where I am at my alma mater, Utah, Keita Adams. I've studied her, how she does things as a coach, learning from her and going to be learning from her for the next couple of years to make me a better coach. I studied the legend, Don Staley. I study her as a coach to this day, why, why she does the things she does, how she speaks to her players. So it's, it's just as much as, as a player, you need to be developing physically and working on your intelligence the same as a coach. Be a sponge. Those before you soak up all the information that you can and know those coaches, know the history of those coaches who came before you. going to make you a better coach. That is such beautiful advice, and that translates outside of the basketball world as as well. Study what we're trying to become and be sponges. So that, that's such a universal and applicable advice and wisdom. Jerrica, thank you so much for giving us your time and energy, your wisdom and the insight. We appreciate it. And we look forward to part two. Thank you. Thank you very much for this interview. It was great. Uh, you ask questions that um, I've never been asked before, so I'm definitely going to go and ponder and process <laughs> this. And in our part two, I would def- lo- uh, definitely love to go back and revisit these things because I think it's going to help me grow. <laughs> we would love that. Well, thank you so much. May you have a beautiful day. You have a blessed one. Thank you. Well, that was beautiful. And then last piece that I want to share with you and the beautiful brujitas of Tecon Brujita. Jerica Hughes is my beautiful fiance, so I am <laughs> honored to have her. <laughs> <laughs> and so we look forward to the next time. Thank you. Oh, I hope you found words that resonated within your life or at least have another perspective of a cancer and the insight received from her experience. I hope you have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening to this. Until next time, stay with you, Rujitas.